0: I'm going to open the round up for questions. We've had a few sits. Been able to watch our minds. And um, you've had some more familiarization with what's going on inside of you what your strategies and methods and techniques are and how successful they are. So these are for people who have questions about the practice, things that are coming up, things they've been observing. And um, we'll just go around. And if you have a question, you can let me know and I'll answer them directly. And if you don't have a question, then you can just pass. that's also fine. So I'll start in my back left pass. pass:
1: I'm wondering about non-striving and then but still wanting to get to uh, compassion or forgiveness.
0: So, one of the most important and profound teachings I ever received on meditation uh, was from one of my teachers, Achan Brahm. And, um, and he was leading a, I think it was just like a week long retreat at our monastery, he was visiting. And, on the first day, I sat and I talked with him, and I said, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm struggling. You know, I struggle in my meditation. I sit every day in the monastery, and I struggle. And, you know, I sit, and I try to feel the breath, and then I'm thinking, and then I go off, and I try to put it back, and I try to let it go, and I try to feel it coming in and out. And trying, 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 all these different things, and nothing's working. And he looked at me, and he said, well, how about just throwing the whole thing out the window? He said, how about instead of trying to meditate, you just sit there and you just relax and you don't try to do anything. And I said, okay, this is like a meditation master, world round meditation master. So I was like, okay, I'll try that. And I just sat down, I closed my eyes, I relaxed, didn't try to do anything. And then my mind said, well, Seth, if you don't do anything, then you're not going to get any results. And then I said, yeah, but Achim Brahm said just to do nothing. And my mind said, but if you do nothing, then you're not going to get anything. And I said, okay, but I'm going to just try doing nothing this time. And I said, but, you know, the Buddha said you have to follow the breath. I said, okay, but I'm just going to try resting and doing anything mine said but what do you think you're gonna get by not doing anything you're doing nothing all day you're not getting enlightened and I said okay but I'm gonna try to just sit here and relax and I said but if you just relax how's that gonna get you anywhere and I said I have no idea maybe it won't maybe I'm gonna die here on this cushion an unenlightened fool but I'm gonna try it for this half an hour and eventually I was able to Almost like out stubborn my stubbornness, out stubborn my doubts, um, and in retrospect, out stubborn my ego in my ignorance that that although it never was able to get the results it wanted, it kept trying to tell me what I was supposed to do to get the results, although that I had no idea how to get into deep meditation states, my mind in my own head kept claiming this is what you're supposed to do then you're supposed to do this no don't do that no don't do that that's not going to work and I had to trust I had to try I had to let it all go to, to allow myself to make a different experience to create space and to allow the meditation to happen on its own time because ultimately it's not it's not me that's meditating Meditation happens when I stop doing anything. When I, when I leave, then the meditation can come in. So I have never meditated a day in my life. It's only when I take a break, then meditation can happen in that vacant space. For things like forgiveness and compassion that you were mentioning, I've found that those specifically are a little bit more active processes. They also involve a certain level of insight, a certain level of relationship, because why do we need to forgive? Because we're judging. Why do we need to have compassion? Because we are angry or distant or closed off. So the only reason that we need to develop forgiveness is because we're not forgiven. The only reason that we need to develop gratitude is because we're unsatisfied, we're not thankful. So there are qualities that do need to be actively cultivated in the mind through repetition, through deeper understanding, deeper looking, um, deep programming. But, um, but the heart of meditation itself, if we're just specifically talking about how to still the mind, how to kind of allow the mind to gather, to concentrate, to unify, um, that's a process of... They call it skillful means. And the point of that, it's because the way to get what I want is to stop wanting it. And that's why it's so confusing because if you wanna feel content, contentment is the opposite of wanting. So if you want to feel peaceful, wanting itself is an, is an enemy to peace because wanting is this feeling of a lack that there's something missing. And if you practice out of wanting, then the whole base of your practice is not peace. So one of the things that I practice, and I mentioned this I think a long time ago to you guys, was I did a practice which I said is called good enough practice, that I would sit here and I'd say it's good enough. It's good enough that I'm just sitting here. It's okay, it's good enough. But there's another practice embedded with that, which is also the practice of not wanting. There's a, a book called the Dhammapada, which is these sayings and teachings and expressions from the Buddha. And there's little ones, little kind of poetic proses almost, little things he said that someone compiled however many years ago, you know, like a thousand years ago, like a long time ago. And I've read a few translations, and there's one translation. The first time I ever read the Dhammapada it was actually, I think, like the Shambhala, publication of it was so this little pocket book and one of the lines said wanting nothing with all your heart stop the stream and just that little bit in there wanting nothing with all your heart and that's um that's why this practice is so counterintuitive. That's why a lot of us, we're sitting here and we're fighting ourselves the whole time and we feel so confused and we don't know how to move forward and it doesn't make sense. Because normally in life, if I, there's the T, I want the T. So if I want something, that want being the bedrock of my action, then I act and then I get the thing that I want and then that want is gone because I've gotten the thing. Meditation, it's complete opposite. It's that if you want something, it's not that I want and then I do and then I get and then the want goes. Because we're working directly with the minds, if you want something, you have to immediately release that want. Because the wants themselves are the enemy to the meditation. The feeling of unsatisfactoriness, of this not being enough, of needing something else, that's the enemy to the meditation. And that's the loud voice in our head that says something. You have to do something. I'm not happy. I'm not peaceful. This isn't working. My thoughts are going. And we nod along and we believe it and then we keep trying to do stuff. But That very voice, that very framework, that very program that's running in us, that's the very thing that needs to be dismantled and abandoned. And... Um, And it's really tricky. The more you start working on yourself, the deeper you get. It gets very, very tricky. You don't know who you're supposed to listen to anymore inside of yourself. It gets very tricky. The voice you used to trust all the time, you suddenly realize, oh, that's the voice that's keeping me trapped. So that's why we do things like this, where we have a lot of time just to be with the mind, to start familiarizing ourselves. And like I said during the meditation, to give up. Sometimes on retreat, I push, 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 push so much that I just became so exhausted, I gave up. And that's when I started just becoming present. You know, so there is that time element. There is the pressure element. For those of you that feel like you just had, like, a mini nervous breakdown in that last hour of meditation, I give you the thumbs up, because that's the point. (laughs) And if you haven't had that nervous breakdown yet, then I would say go sit for another two hours until you have it. Because when you crack, that's when you really start getting in there. Is that okay? I don't have any
1: questions. Okay. Pass. Pass. Well, I'd just like to say I, I uh, forget how much I like walking meditation. Um, easier to get centered if I'm
0: moving
1: mm. and then it's nice before I
0: sit I also forget how much I like walking meditation <laughs> and every time I practice walking meditation I'm reminded of how applicable practice could be to my daily life that every time I'm walking, I could just be walking. Any time I'm doing something, I can just be doing it. That, um, that whenever I'm, I feel like every time I'm practicing walking meditation, I, I feel like I'm calling myself out on how much more I could be practicing in my life. That everyday activities, the simplest things, could just be a vessel to become present and to let go of stories and to kind of just be here and relax. Yeah, so it's a really good reminder, I would say, too.
1: Hello. <laughs> Hi. Um, I've never done walking meditation before mm. and, um, pretty immediately had a sense of, like, oh, when I first started to walk, I wonder if this is what it was like, Mm. so going to a very young self, Mm. um, and just, like, just the freedom of that, like, wow, this is so cool, Mm. (laughs) Um, and then was I was loved, I am loved, and I am
0: loved. Hmm. So thank you for that. Beautiful. And so what that is is also an example of of somebody finding their medicine, like from the talk I gave on Wednesday. That, um, that each of our minds are different. Each of us have a different sickness and we all need a different antidote. Like I'm this crazy perpetual planner, right? I'm always planning, trying to do something. So the antidote to that planning would be something like it's okay, it's enough. You can let go, it's fine. And for people that need to work on things like forgiveness or connection or opening up, right? then their antidote would be something more directed towards the heart more love feeling the connection that's already there a lot of people feel loneliness that's like a big thing it's like just feeling that you're already connected feeling that you're part of something right feeling that it's already in you so um so that's really beautiful it's a beautiful gift you were just gifted that mantra right so that's a really beautiful gift and and these are the kinds of things that do happen through practicing, right? That um, when you open up and you slowly start spending time with your mind, the antidotes start slowly just popping up. You start to see more clearly what you're doing and then also what you need starts to come through. So that's really wonderful.
1: I felt was a real sense of acceptance in my body. Just, uh, and, and also the mind. question that did come up uh and your your friend with the positive psychology broke it down to gratitude i think mm-hmm. and what was the other element
0: permission to be human not <laughs>
1: thank you.
0: gratitude, gratitude. Yes. thankfulness and then permission to be human
1: Or... Shake, like,
0: shaking, yeah, so when we meditate, um, because we're becoming quieter and more still and we're becoming more open and receptive, our perception also becomes a little bit looser, our, our energy channels, our body opens up, and all sorts of different crazy... <laughs> or otherwise, sensations can happen. We can feel pressure, we can feel burning, we can feel like we're floating, we can feel like we're heavy, we can feel freezing, we can feel really hot. The body can kind of react or convulse. We feel tingling, we can feel things moving and flowing through us. Um, you know, everything and anything is possible. So, you know, I would say yes. <laughs> yes, it's okay, and, and, it's, and I would even say it's good. Right, because for me that means that you're letting go. If your body's starting to shiver in some way, if it's moving and it's cold, but it's not like cold shivers necessarily, it's something else. I would say that's an an energetic movement in the body, and that's a good thing. That means that you're starting to open up and allow things to move through. Um,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I've had times when I meditate and I like sway and like I go in circles and things. Um, and it, it even moves forward from the body. When you get deeper, it starts to happen in the mind that, um, you know, I'll have snippets of dreams come in suddenly that, that I'll be awake, right? Or I'll have like a light come in. Or I, even when I was on my meditation retreat, I started meditating through the night some nights and I was sitting there and I kind of like leaned forward a little bit and suddenly it was as if I tumbled out of my own body or my own head that I suddenly was like looking at the room as if my eyes were open. Um, it's like I fell out of my own head and I was like looking at the room and then I popped back into my own body again like as if something came out of me and I went back in. And... Um, yeah and it's all there and it's all possible and again when you start meditating more it gets even it can get very strange you can hear voices or sounds or you know anything's possible my teacher one of my teachers uh said that he'd see like demons start to come up in his mind and it would like scare him from meditating but then he realized they were just creations of his own mind so he started putting like little mustaches on them and hats on them when they'd come up so he could like laugh at them to like reclaim power over them and stuff but really anything is possible Um, and something that I've really learned again and again with all of this is that there's never anything you have to do about any of it that I'll sit there and my body would like yeah shake or move or things or things would come in and out and there's never anything you have to do anything that happens it's just more sensory input more just things Um, ultimately the path is one just that path of letting go of just being of allowing allowing everything to still, and then the mind will drop in all by itself. And whatever comes, um, however painful, challenging, difficult, or even beautiful and wondrous, you know, because it goes both ways. If you're sitting here and you're really struggling, and then you try to do something about that struggling, you're just going to like, it's like trying to wash your face with dirty hands. It just keeps getting more all over you. So it's like if you try to control the painful stuff, it gets even worse. But also if the beautiful stuff starts to happen, you feel peaceful, you feel this acceptance, you feel something great, and then you want more of it, right? or you want it to get stronger. Or even sometimes when your mind gets really still, even if you say, wow, that's amazing, or you get excited, my god, finally I'm having some results, yeah, it'll disappear, it runs away. So honestly, the whole path, it's just about relaxing, if something crazy happens as it's happening, just be like, "Wow, that's crazy," and just keep going, you know. And afterwards, you can kind of reflect. But in the meditation, just allow it. Um, and for the body, you know, I've had times where my body convulses; it starts crying. I just start uncontrollably crying. Stuff starts coming out. I don't even have a story connected to it. I don't even know why, but it's just like emotional energy that's just releasing, you know. So all that stuff is fine.
1: I felt the cold, but I think the acceptance kind of overrode it. Mm. It's like I wanted to yes. whine about it, but it was like, what's the sense?
0: Yeah. Good. So that's, that's it right there. Um, you know, when I've done longer sittings, like when I've sat for two hours, three hours, just straight, you get to that point where you're so overwhelmed with this feeling of peace and acceptance. And everything's okay. That no matter what happens, it doesn't matter, and everything just fades away. And after the meditation, when I come back, I realize that oh yeah, my legs are actually kind of sore. I've been sitting here for three hours, but in the meditation, I don't even notice because I'm just there's such a powerful energy of whatever acceptance or contentment or beauty. And um, you know, at the monastery that I was at in Australia, they they kind of were joking that there was. A monk who came and he was leading a retreat and uh, I think it was for the Vietnamese community. I think he's a Vietnamese monk, and he sat to lead the retreat on the first day. So, like me, like he either gave a talk or he's like, All right, like we're gonna start with meditation, and he sat to meditate. And then um, you know, after about an hour, people like kind of open their eyes and he's still meditating, and they're like, Okay, I may keep meditating. And then after, like, two hours, they kind of look, and he's still meditating. And people, like, kind of start to get up and, like, go to the bathroom and then stretch out and then leave the room. And, you know, some people are really trying to, like, keep up with him. But then after, like, three hours and four hours, and everyone just gets up and, like, leaves the room. But there's, like, a schedule for the retreat, you know. So there's, like, a break, and then you're supposed to meditate. So everyone comes back in the room after five hours, and he's still meditating. So they sit down and meditate with him. And then for another two hours, they open their eyes, he's still meditating, they get up and leave. And this monk, he sat in meditation for seven days. He did not move, he was gone for seven days. And at the end of the retreat, after seven days, he came back out of the meditation, and he looked around and he said, oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) and everybody said no 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 that was the most inspirational talk we've ever heard (laughs) they said that was you know that's you just sitting there in that state that was what we needed um and i've heard stories of monks that sit longer than that you know that the whole body the system of the body slows down that even the breathing slows down um there's, ton, you know, sometimes people that they're proclaimed dead because they're in those states. Um, you know, there was a man in Australia who went into that state, and his wife found him in the room. She thought he was dead, called the ambulance, brought him to the hospital. And then, uh, I don't know if he was already in like a body bag or something, but like, he was proclaimed dead, and then he kind of came out of the meditation and was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> you know, because all of everything slows down so much. Um, And you can stay in those states for long periods of time. And this is like (coughs) very, very advanced. But even if you looked at us, you would notice that while we meditate, our breathing does slow down. The reason that you feel like you're floating in space a little bit when you meditate, and after you come out of meditation, it's like hard to talk and to think. And it's scientifically proven. They've done studies. They've hooked up people's brains as they've meditated. And the parts of your brain that deal with like language they shut off the parts of your brain that deal with spatial relationship, it shuts off while you meditate. So there's real kind of like neurological reasons why we experience these things because the brain starts to shut off. You'd think the brain would be more active when you meditate, you think I'm like, oh, you know. But it's the opposite, actually the brain's shutting off, it's slowing down, it's creating more space within it. So, so yeah, there's, um, there's a lot that can happen. And um, and simultaneously, wherever you're at right now it's perfect. You know, so.
1: it must be like an implication that you know, in a retreat, that I can take care of myself. You know, like if it's going on and on, or if I have to go to the bathroom, or I notice morning. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 am I right? Is that is that the agreement?
0: Well, you're not prisoners. So I, so I I would say that uh on on retreat but also in life you always have permission to take care of yourself even if you have an appointment or a date with somebody or a meeting and mm-hmm. you can't do it you you know I'm not your boss but but you know we always have permission to do what we need to and take care of ourselves it's actually Something that's very powerful I've realized is during the meditation. Sometimes we get very serious when we meditate. Does anybody feel like they get kind of serious? That you sit, like you sit, and your eyes are closed, and you're having like a racing mind. You're like, hers but you're kind of like sitting and sitting. And one breakthrough I had, which is like, I once realized I'm allowed to open my eyes, and like stretch out, and take a moment, and shake out, and say okay, and then go back into the meditation. You know that. Um, that I am, what's the word for that, self, uh, yeah. Autonomous. Autonomous, yeah, like you're, you're allowed. <laughs> well, A
1: thought comes in my mind the other night you asked me what uh, Catholic guilt was. Uh-huh. It, it occurs to me, it's like 12 years of Catholic school guilt. It's like, mm. it's okay to take care of myself. Right. Or, uh, move or, yeah.
0: or leave early or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, so...
1: When you're talking about being present, when you're doing other things, like uh, maybe going for a walk, not necessarily walk, walking meditation, but yeah. cooking or something like that, yeah. someone said to me, it's not meditation, it's meditative. Hmm. It's... I think I said that. No, it was <laughs> a woman who, when you w- w- were wearing yeah. the headset, she said that to me afterwards. Sure, sure, sure. So... Is
0: there a difference, really? Yeah, Um, so I would say that instead of fighting about words, we can just talk about process. And uh, the mind, generally speaking, it's turned outwards, it's very focused On what's going on people stimulation focused on stories and thoughts and feelings and it's kind of running and bouncing in and out and in and out and kind of going around and this process is about slowly reining that in it would be like if we had a pack of dogs and we just let them loose right here in the room and we opened up all the doors so the dogs were running around this room they'd run outside they'd run back in they'd be biting each other they'd be barking they go in and out and in and out that's kind of like how it is, if we're honest, right? It's just kind of goes wherever it wants. And what our kind of direction for all of this is, would be like, well, let's first bring the dogs into the room and close all the doors. Okay, now we have the dogs in this room, right? And now the dogs are in this room, maybe we could start to like bring them into like one area of the room. And maybe if I have like a little biscuit or a treat, they'd maybe even like come to me, maybe even sit, maybe. You know, and then slowly over time, get these dogs to be more quiet and more in their place, more obedient and more friendly. And suddenly, you know, they're, they're just really present, and they're here, and they're relaxed. And maybe they then curl up here and take a nap. And it's like, ah, final. You know? So while we are uh, washing the dishes, for instance, and we decide just to be present washing the dishes, not think of something else. We're driving, just drive. Turn off the radio, drive. See, it's really interesting the strangest experience drive silently without like see if you could like not like get lost in thoughts not listen to anything on the radio just sit there and drive you feel like a robot it's the weirdest feeling just be there as you're doing it but also like you can feel nice like it's nice just to be here it's nice to Thich Nhat Hanh says oh the water of the dishes feels nice while we wash so that's meditative but what that is is that's bringing that's bringing the mind into this space right you're keeping the mind under on a leash, as it were, in control, and you'll notice that if you can do that enough, you're building up momentum. The whole reason that you may have noticed that, um, you know, like the first meditation we did for the day, it might have been a little more kind of crazy, and then we did the walking, and then it felt a little bit more settled. Uh, that's because we're building up a momentum, right? So if you live a life that has more of a meditative quality you know the monks in the time of the buddha they didn't just sit and meditate they had to go and collect their food and they walked and they were lived, they were doing things the whole time but they were doing things in such a way that they were present with what they did so then also when they sat down to meditate they'd been building up this momentum this inertia of presence of not letting the mind run off of not getting into stories and just really being with what's right here so when they actually sat down to meditate <laughs> it really shot down the hole, you know? So I would say that being present as you're walking, as you're doing the dishes, as you're doing other things simultaneously, just trying not to get too lost in like the stories that are running through your head. Those are all starting to um, kind of, yeah, build the momentum, bring the mind into the arena that you're going to want it to be in for when you meditate. But also then your life itself will become more peaceful and more present you know it's like when you're on retreat you um you'll be meditating so much that you start to kind of have no thoughts and you just feel light and happy and you walk around and I remember after being on a meditation retreat I walked outside and there's like a leaf on the ground and I picked up this leaf and I was like whoa you know just, you're looking at the colors and the you're just so present your mind is so present Everything, it's like that feeling of being like a child again, right? Like everything is so fresh and vibrant and alive. And you're like, wow, this is always like this. It's just that the quality of my mind is in such a space that I can't experience it. But it's, it's like the world is still beautiful whether or not you notice, you know. And um, so it's, I would say it's all tied into itself. Yeah, it's all tied together. Um,
1: You know, you you talk about dropping in a lot, and I don't think I have that feeling, but you know, I've been meditating a while, and I love to sit, and I've also realized that I used to be a really angry person, Mm. and I'm not anymore, Mm. but but experiencing that sort of thing while I sit, um, I, don't, I don't recognize
0: that. What happens when you sit?
1: Um, more I am watching my mind.
0: So again, this whole thing with the antidotes, right? Each of us needs something else in a different way. Um, For instance, if you feel like you're at a place where your mind is relatively calm and present, but that's it, you're just kind of sitting in a calm, present room and nothing's happening, then I would say to you, that's the time to pay a little bit more attention to, for instance, the feeling of the breath. You know, to then give a little bit of energy into the deepening. Or as you feel present, feel in that moment, well, what's the most peaceful part of this experience? And start to actively, um, I would almost say, like direct the minds. You know, what feels really peaceful right now? Ooh, you know, and it, and it could be your, the feeling of the breathing, right? Or it could just be a feeling, the feeling of the space around me feels so peaceful. Wow, let me go into that. Let me, let me enhance that, intensify that. Right, So when I talk about dropping in, it's you're in that space where it's more of like a neutral, relaxed, restful place, but there's like a a cap to it. And then in that moment, there's different strategies, which would be focusing on something that feels really pleasant, beautiful, peaceful, which will draw the mind into it deeper. Or it's about really paying attention to the feeling of the breath flowing in and out of the nose, which again then pulls the mind into it deeper. So... If you think about the mind as almost like a telescope, that can either go out and see all of this stuff, or it can focus in, like right now you're focusing in on Seth talking, and then it could focus more in and just looking at Seth's eye, and then just seeing the black in the center of the eye, right? That the mind goes, and that's what happens inside of us too. You'll, You'll have your whole experience of your inside world, but then you focus on just one part of that inside experience, the feeling of the breath and you stay with the feeling of the breath and suddenly the feeling of the breath is huge. It becomes like the whole room. Like you feel like as if your whole being is just in your nostril and you feel the air whooshing back and forth, you know, and then even within that, you can feel just the little place where it's rubbing on the nostril and then you whoosh, zoom in on that spot, just where the air is rubbing on the nostril and kind of just allowing that telescopic or microscopic, I guess, process to happen. Um, so I would say specifically then for you, it would then be your time to become a little more active in it. Whereas for people whose minds are a little more restless, I give the advice to don't do anything, don't do anything, don't do anything. Mm -hmm. Whereas it sounds like for you, maybe I would say, maybe you should investigate. Use a little investigation and see what happens if I do this. Experimentation, what happens if I do this. How can I bring this, I want to bring this state deeper, so what is the way to get that state deeper? And again, it's not by wanting, but it's just by doing something, you know? Yeah. Good.